today on the Tearsheet Podcast. So we started working with a few partners and one of the major announcements we just made was with Priceline. So when a customer is redeeming today, there's usually a step in between that end good they're looking for, whether it's travel, whether it's merchandise, gift cards, and the loyalty program itself. So creating a relationship directly with the, the vendor, the aggregator, in this case, Priceline, was something we, we were keen on doing. Um, we met with the Priceline team, uh, shared with them the economics around loyalty, um, the billions of dollars that are available in the currency that they don't yet have access to, and they were excited about that. So uh, what we brought to market was really all of Priceline's inventory. So not just Priceline.com, uh, but Booking.com, Hotels.com, and brought all that forward to the loyalty space. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. Today's guest on the show is Len Cavello, co-founder and CTO of Engage People, which is a loyalty rewards program technology firm. Len talks about his firm's recent work of putting Priceline's entire inventory online to be purchased using rewards points. We discuss the program, the genesis of the relationship with Priceline, as well as the opportunity retailers have to tap into the billions of dollars stored in loyalty points and the trend to enable these types of transactions. Len Cavello is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. But before we hop into my interview with Len, I'm happy to announce that we've launched the 2020 Data Awards. Tearsheet's Data Awards are the premier awards program in the financial data industry. As apps and institutions further integrate, data and data sharing have become the building blocks of modern finance. If your company has a good story to tell, we'd like to hear it. Go to Tearsheet and click on the Data Awards tab to get more information and apply. My name is Len Cavello. I'm the CTO of Engage People. Uh, one of the founders of the company as well. Um, my background is really around UI and UX as it relates to technology. So the, the primary focus of my role at Engage is the outward facing technology vision. So we're working with uh, the products we bring to market today, meeting with uh, new partners and some innovative concepts around loyalty solutions. So I, I tend to spend my day working on those things. Awesome. So, so let's talk about Engage people. Like what's the primary business? What are the, what are the product services you provide? Sure. So Engage People is a global technology provider uh, focused on the loyalty space. So we bring loyalty solutions and really try to disrupt that, that uh, environment with different types of redemption options. So we, we play more on the technology side. So there are different providers in that space. Um, our focus the last few years has really been around redemption. So we've taken loyalty currency and move that to a currency on redemption and brought that across different verticals. So, so a, a key focus there. Um, additionally, Engage uh, offers platform solutions as well. So we are the underlying technology for a number of financial institutions um, and how they run their loyalty programs today. Interesting. And I know you had recent news um, about uh, partnership with Priceline. Can we talk about that? Absolutely. So, uh, like I mentioned before with Engage, we've been in this space for, for a number of years. Um, honestly, been around the inception of the company was traditional redemption. So catalog redemption, gift card redemption. And we definitely saw the shift to um, e-commerce and the way e-commerce was running and the practicality of, of using those services. So as that space grew, uh, we wanted to definitely uh, be a part of that. So we started working with a few partners and one of the major announcements we just made was with Priceline. So when a customer is redeeming today, there's usually a step in between that end good they're looking for, whether it's travel, whether it's merchandise, gift cards, and the loyalty program itself. So creating a relationship directly with the, the vendor or the aggregator, in this case Priceline, was something we, we were keen on doing. 
Um, we met with the Priceline team, uh, shared with them the economics around loyalty, um, the billions of dollars that are available in the currency that they don't yet have access to, and they were excited about that. So uh, what we brought to market was really all of Priceline's inventory. So not just Priceline.com, uh, but Booking.com, Hotels.com, and brought all that forward to the loyalty space. So uh, launching shortly with uh, some customers uh, across North America. And you'll be able to redeem your loyalty currency directly on Priceline's inventory. So, I guess for the, for the layperson, what, what's the challenge in, to, in converting currency into into loyalty points? Sorry, loyalty so the, points into yeah, either direction. No, it's gotcha. It it's I think earlier on, so that we started with this chicken and egg syndrome. So we had started years ago uh, meeting with retailers. And I don't think they quite understood that that untapped value that was out there, that that loyalty currency that was really unavailable to them. And it was running as its own currency with no way to connect the two. So it started off with education, I think would be the first step. Um, once you got past the education, you definitely got the, the business people on side. They were looking to gain access to that revenue. And the next step was really around the technology piece. And, and if you think about that, the most prized possession on any e-commerce site is that checkout page. You're, you're really trying to curb any type of opportunity for abandonment. So the next piece was around the technology. And we wanted to be sure we built a solution that was highly scalable and really easy to implement. And once we got past that and, and we brought that to market and did a good job educating, um, you're seeing a lot of this uh, starting to come to fruition uh, with a lot of e-commerce sites looking, looking to jump on board. So can you take us through, I guess, the, the customer journey, um, somebody who's accrued some loyalty points on a card, and can you just take us through like kind of the steps of how they would check out with Priceline? Sure. So the, the first difference that a loyalty customer would see is, is a typical program is you log in, you can see your points, um, what, what's available to you to redeem, and there's usually a few different options for you. And then you'll, you'll see a catalog. So if I'm in a typical loyalty program, I log in, I, I'll see a list of gift cards, um, in programs that have offered travel, you're usually getting a subset of travel. So that, that, that experience is never really optimized. It's usually, you know, two or three versions behind what's out there for best in class. Um, what's different here is we bring a, a user on board. So you, you'd log into your program. And the big difference here is as opposed to searching for travel, you, you're really met with a Priceline logo and saying, go shop on Priceline.com. And, and that's a big thing for consumers. There's a lot of faith in existing e-commerce brands. So we, we see a tremendous amount of lift on redemption with programs like this. So if we go through that Priceline scenario, you'd log into your program, you'd see a, a travel logo or a Priceline logo, you'd click on that and you're met with a Priceline experience. You'd search as you normally would. Uh, the inventory is identical to what's on Priceline.com. Uh, the results are brought back. So if you're looking for a flight, the results are brought back, showed to you in dollars and in points. So we do that currency conversion on the fly for a member. Um, and then they can go ahead and book as they normally would. So it's going to ask them the same questions they would on Priceline.com, uh, flights, uh, itinerary information. And when it's time to check out, we're giving that opportunity to pay for all of that transaction or a piece of that transaction with their loyalty points. Interesting. And um, what, what's the level of, uh, or the depth of uh, tech integration to be able to, to pull something like that off? So it, it was a lot of heavy lifting on our okay. side. So we, we built this as a platform uh, with scalability in mind. It was really key for us that uh, it couldn't be a one-off every time we did this with a new partner. If, if it was an integration, 
um, it would take a, a tremendous amount of time and that would always be a barrier for entry. So we did a lot of heavy, heavy lifting internally first to build a platform. Uh, we built out a playbook. So we've got a set of APIs that are really straightforward. Um, and, and I'd say if you wanted to equate it to anything, it'd really be the same as onboarding uh, a merchant services. So when, you, when you're going to check out on a, on a traditional e-commerce website and you want to take a credit card, uh, it's pretty similar to that. Probably a little bit lighter, to be honest with you. Interesting. So um, can, can we talk about, I guess, a little bit about the genesis of that partnership? Um, I know you alluded to it when you first kind of described the partnership, but can we talk about, was, was Priceline looking for something like this or was it something that you brought to them? Like, I guess, can you just talk about the, the nature of the, 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 the relationship, how it got kicked off? Sure. So, so we actually reached out from our side is we were looking to build a travel solution. Um, and there are some, some obvious major players out there. So we have a, a partnership team that reached out to a few of them, uh, had some conversations around, uh, first off on interest, a little bit of education on both sides. Uh, it's really important to us when we, when we work with a partner that, that there's a, a good fit. So there's great synergy across the organizations. And uh, once we saw that with Priceline, it was heads down to, to move this forward. So again, we have a team that reaches out to partners uh, to initiate that conversation. Um, as this gets bigger, the, the whole pay with rewards or pay with points uh, concept, you're seeing a lot more uh, receptive people on the other side to having that conversation and even some initiating it in the other direction. Interesting. And, and is the driver of that, mostly like you said, the, the, the growing understanding of the revenue opportunity of, of the pay with points? I would think so. I, I think that that's the number one piece. Again, we're, we're it's usually a, uh, it's usually a, a big education for people to let them know that there, there are billions of dollars, you know, annually they're distributing about a hundred billion dollars of uh, rewards in North America. There's, that's just something that people typically don't have access to short of that disintermediary through a gift card or something to that effect. What happens to most of those points, by the way, do a lot of them just expire, not spent? Uh, that, that's honestly, it's a great question because it's, it's one of the things that most people would, would probably get wrong is a lot of points are used and that's really what these programs are for. So the, the companies behind these programs want those points to be used. It, it's really what defines engagement. So issuing points that, that get unused or that might expire isn't a successful program. Mm -hmm. So a lot of work is done on the marketing side to have those points burn. Um, the reality is they're, they're a funded liability on the books. So if, if I'm a, a loyalty program today and I've distributed you know, X number of points, I've got to have those points uh, in a bank account as a funded mm -hmm. liability. So from the program perspective, you've got, you know, the CFO is, is doing his best to, to get those points burned. He wants them off the books. So really, really the, the key to a good program is managing uh, the CPP, which is your cost per point. You want to bring great value to the customer and bring them a product that you can buy at uh, at a good rate. That, that's a great way to explain it. And, and a retailer like um, like Priceline doesn't have to be Priceline, you know, specifically. But do they see themselves as an? Who do they see themselves competing for? I guess in the ecosystem of points, are they are they just another option, um, or is there a way for them to kind of stand out? I guess through an experience like this. So I, I think they they are one of the options, and programs typically have their points allocated in, in specific buckets. So um, there's something called core rewards, which is usually the redemption option tied to the program. So if it's an airline rewards program, a good chunk of those rewards go back into purchasing airline mm -hmm. tickets. Um, if it's a bank, 
um, you can now use points for redeeming for bank products, which is, which is a, a fantastic option we're enabling as well. Um, so there, there are those different categories that customers want to redeem for. Um, they usually have different value propositions as well. So, so the key to someone like Priceline being successful in this space is embracing it. Um, you know, working together with the partners uh, who we have programs with, as well as our team to, to have promotions, to bring good value, good offers. And, and again, Priceline's been great at that. So we see uh, the opportunity for a lot of success here. It, it, from the retailer perspective, uh, Len, is, is there an element of, I guess, new customer acquisition also by, by tapping into the points channel? I would think so. I, I think you're, you've got a new market. So you've like a got, discovery aspect to it? Yeah. Yeah, you, you've got all the customers in that specific reward program um, that now have visibility to you that have a, a currency. You know, there's a lot of data that suggests that a customer will spend additional dollars when they're using points. So you know, if, if I'm paying for a trip or a vacation on my credit card, um, I'm gonna spend a certain amount of dollars to do that. If I'm gonna use points for that, um, customers see it as, as almost free money. And I'm, I'm cautious when I say that, but there's this thought of free money. And, and when you're playing with free money, your, your basket size increases. Interesting. So can, can we back out a little bit from the Priceline story and, and talk about more at the trend level? Um, about turning loyalty points into currency. Can you, can you describe, I guess, why that's happening? Why now? Like what, you know, what the hurdles are in making that happen. Can you just talk about it, I guess, a, a layer up? Sure. It, it's probably a number of factors that come together. Um, I think the, the maturation of e-commerce is a big part to do with it. So what we saw years ago is the typical space had um, companies such as ourselves dealing with distributors uh, possibly the brand directly. So if, if you were going to redeem for a product, it was brought in as inventory. And as e-commerce grew and you have the likes of Best Buys, Walmarts, and Amazons, it was clear we couldn't compete with them. They're just, they have got tremendous size, tremendous reach. You know, today you can order a product on Amazon and in some regions you can get that delivered by the afternoon. So we saw that early on and, and said, you know, we want to be a part of that. At the same time, as those retailers matured, they were looking for greater reach. So they're doing their, their, their typical marketing, they're optimizing their properties online, and now they've got access to X amount of dollars by accepting you know, credit card payments. Um, I, I would say there's been a couple companies that have been a catalyst for this as well. There's, there's been some great stuff done with the likes of, you know, Amazon's done some work with Amex, Capital One, uh, and Discover to, to bring their, their pay with points or the pay with rewards online. Um, Visa and MasterCard had done something similar um, so they offer the ability to really get a statement credit or a purchase eraser with your loyalty currency. So there's been different different ways to attack this. And I think collectively, um, really what it's done is brought this opportunity to the forefront for the brands. So, so I think that that was the catalyst for this. And now it's just that snowball effect is you're seeing more and more companies wanting to be a part of this. Are there particular attributes at the brand level that make them, you know, more inclined to run a program like this or, you know, or make the program more successful? I think the partners that are going to be most successful are going to be the ones with tremendous reach. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of these programs are not regional and, and we'll see that we'll see the regional adoption come shortly, but a lot of the bigger programs are, are global in scale. So if you think of hotel programs, airline programs, um, even some of the larger um, credit card programs, uh, they've got global reach. So when, when you've got a partner that, that can distribute across, you know, a continent, that's, that's going to make them more successful on day one. Um, again, I, I think that'll get 
deeper as platforms such as ourselves get out there and make the onboarding process easier. You'll see a really nice connection between uh, regional programs and regional retailers as well. So Len, what, what about, I mean, it sounds like you're enabling a lot of this business to happen where, where it couldn't necessarily have before. Are there, are there nuances? Is there innovation that's happening and I guess the type of activity that's now being enabled through, through this connectivity? I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you as a CTO, I, I like to think that nothing's impossible and it just, just yeah, requires some, I like that answer. Some, some thought and some work. And, and that probably gets me into trouble a lot of the time because um, you know, innovation to me is really taking assets or tools that exist and, and bringing them together to, to create a new solution. And that, that's really what happened here is, again, e-commerce was, was moving along really well. Uh, loyalty programs were getting more sophisticated. Um, on the other side of the business, I think something that was helpful for us is the fact that we run these programs today. We, we knew the ins and outs of them. So some of the, the partners that we're starting work with um, today and, and early on, we definitely bring that expertise. So, you know, they, they want to accept this currency, but they don't really understand um, to the level they need to how a loyalty currency operates, um, the different values, the, the fact that loyalty is around personalization and there may be different point values depending on a segment a user's part of. So we bring that expertise. And as we brought these solutions to be more robust, more cloud-based and, and honestly more as a SaaS offering, uh, that allowed us to really do it. So, so I think the technology's evolved. I wouldn't say it's any one specific innovation. I just think it, it's just that probably perfect storm or that convergence of, of everything being at the at that right place at the right point in time. That's really interesting. Um, I guess given your perspective, um, without attributing it necessarily to a, a specific retailer, do you have some quantification of what type of revenue driver this could be? Yeah, so the, again, we're, we're talking billions of dollars. As I mentioned, there, there's probably about $100 billion that goes unused today just because they're looking for better redemption options. So that, that value proposition isn't necessarily uh, what customers are looking for. And that just goes to programs that don't have a robust offering. So that, that's really what's out there. If, you know, if I'm a North American retailer today, there's over $200 billion worth of points available for me. So that, that revenue, revenue opportunity is huge. Right. I was looking more like if beyond the opportunity, like if a retailer would implement something like this, what kind of numbers they might see, like how, how big of a pie can they tap into out of that 200 billion? So uh, tough for me to say just, yeah. just due to the fact that the customers themselves, depending on, on what segment they're, they're trying to have that redemption at. Um, I think some of the, some of the data points that are probably important, would sit around customers, I'll say their engagement levels. They're going to be more engaged with the program uh, based on what the redemptions are. Um, there are there are numbers on on the spend, what the spend could be. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't have those offhand, but something definitely okay. could provide for you. Our marketing team would be better, better suited to answer that. No worries. I just was wondering if you knew offhand. Um, I guess lastly, in the remaining time that we have, um, can you look a little bit out into the future? Like you've been in this business, you understand it, you've worked deeply in it. Like, can you, where, what, what, what does the business look like, you know, three years from now? I think if we look into the, into the future of this, you're going to see a more generalized approach. So there are different people tackling this in different ways. It's, it's starting to normalize. 
So it's starting to get uh, to a consistent experience. I think companies such as ourselves reaching out to the market and building this as a, as a platform, as a service uh, are helping to contribute to that. So again, uh, different companies had tried to tackle this in different ways. Um, if I think of that perfect world three years from now, when, when I'm checking out on, a, on a, any type of e-commerce store and I see you know, the options for Visa, MasterCard, American Express, uh, you know, pay with points is, is going to be an option for me. And it's just going to be ubiquitous across e-commerce. It's going to be one of those currencies. And I, and I know there's a number of alternate currencies or alternative currencies out there today. I think points are probably going to be one of those first currencies to be treated as a fiat currency, just something that's ubiquitously accepted out there on e-commerce retailer sites. Interesting. Lance, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for joining us on Tier Sheet Podcast today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.